Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Welcome back. It seems like only a few days ago, I was here with my post-eclipse cold voice. So I'm officially over my laryngitis and the effects of Eclipse Week, and I'm grateful for that. And today is Thursday, November 17th, and we are coming through this closing parts of this year's Scorpio season. In fact, we've already had that Venus and soon-to-be Mercury ingress into Sagittarius. So this is the last week of the 2022 Scorpio season. Since by next Wednesday, November 23rd, we'll be full into Sagittarius time, according to the sun. So for all you Sagittarius enthusiasts, you can rejoice and you can also listen back to last week's podcast where I was exploring a Venus in Sagittarius. So as a way to celebrate the ingress, you might go back to Venus in Sagittarius, giving and receiving from this viewpoint. So I know we are in a transition between zodiac seasons, and I can start to feel things becoming more mutable and focused, especially when this zodiacal season changes at this time of year. And so for me, since Scorpio season always illuminates my first house, which is my rising sign, and I have several planetary placements in there, I can really feel when things start to move from that first house, that fixed sign into my second house, which is Sagittarius, which is a mutable sign. I usually end up feeling less self-referential as I do during Scorpio season and more environmental focused things that are tangible around me. I use astrology just like that in my life, sort of as a daily calendar and check-in point to see if I can map out any internal rhythms with the external planetary patterns. So again, for me, Sagittarius represents my second house, and I also have less personal planets living in my second house in Sagittarius. What house does Sagittarius represent for you? And also check in, do you have any planets or sensitive points like the nodes in Sagittarius? If so, these planets will be getting a conjunction or an influence from transiting Mercury and Venus. And at some point, if not already, you'll be feeling an opposition or an opposing viewpoint from that Mars, which is in Gemini. It's been there a while and it's still retrograde around the 22 to 23 degree mark right now. And that's going to be retrograde until about January 8th. So it kind of rings a a tone for the holiday season coming up. So as a fixed sign person myself, which means I have fixed angles and some important planets in fixed signs, I'm feeling a little pressure valve release as we're moving into mutable season territory. But again, for those of you with lots of Sagittarius, Gemini, Pisces, and Virgo placements or angles, this Sagittarius season may feel a little more heated, 
spicy, or contentious than others. And a lot of this depends on how Mars tends to interact in your chart. So though Mars is in retrograde in Gemini, and retrogrades are often a revisiting of some kind, um, Mars is, you know, Mars is about action as well. So it's not just sort of a mental revisiting since Mars also is, it's spicy, it's hot. It's generally about how we get things done and it's about our physicality. This sort of revisiting may have to do with things more physical or more tangible, not just a thought process in the mind, although that Mars is in Gemini and Gemini is a sign about communication and networking and um, socializing, socialness, information, learning and sharing. Mars retrograde and Gemini could turn any one of these things back in on itself. Um, once again, like you're having to revisit something or even something obstructing forward motion. Sometimes slowness or lethargy can come from a Mars retrograde or a breakdown or a conflict in that area of the chart. Mars also represents vitality and energy, as well as passion and aggression. So some of these themes may be revisited, rekindled, or reduced to aggression or friction. Mars is typically, once again, hot, and this is certainly a catalyst. So I laugh in an astrologer's kind of way. It seemed perfectly appropriate as we approach this holiday season, you know, depending on what you celebrate and where you live, most of us do have some kind of holidays within that November, December period. And that's going to be having that Mars retrograde involved in all of this. So let the sparks continue to fly and just take some deep breaths and, and make some journaling notes about these next couple months through January 8th. So last episode, I spoke about a Venus in Sagittarius to celebrate today's Venus ingress into Sagittarius. And if you've been following the rhythm of this particular part of the podcast, you know I've been introducing Venus placements on axis lines or opposition lines, since opposites actually do form one whole unit. I like to look at it as like a spectrum or an energy flow back and forth rather than just a, a, a dead opposition or opposing viewpoints. So this means today we'll get to focus on a Venus in Gemini, since Gemini is the opposite sign of Sagittarius, or the opposite of the axis, and we'll say it's sort of the other end of the spectrum. Sagittarius and Gemini are both mutable signs, and they're characterized by their versatility, mobility, and agility. The seasons of the year resonate within the Northern Hemisphere um, or the seasons that they represent is the end of spring turns summer, which is Gemini, and the end of fall turning winter, Sagittarius. So think about the seasonal shifts for yourself. Embody it in this way. How does it feel and what do you notice when at the end of May, in the beginning of June, you're in the environment and you're Maybe outside, I mean, you can be in your home too, but what are you feeling? What are you noticing around the end of May and June in yourself, internally, and in your environment? This is Gemini season. Where I live in the Midwest U.S., the end of May and early June is the end of bloom and flower season and the beginning of this permanent green. It's it's that transition period between flowers and blooms and like this permanent green of summer. 
we have a lot of deciduous trees. We have trees that get a lot of leaves and then they drop their leaves in the fall. And there's also much social activity in the insect and forest critter world at this time. The crickets are not quite chattering yet, but they're starting. And that's a very um, potent thing in the Midwest in the summertime to see all the bugs come out and the cricket sounds and the lightning bugs and then the locusts. So it's very noisy in the summertime. And often at that time of year, wind, this warm wind comes through and starts to blow petals off flowers or scatter those spring blooms. So warm winds come in. And I think of that as Gemini season, and I think of that every year when the winds come. So how about you? Every biome is a little bit different, but what is your thoughts about the environment at the end of May and early June for you, and how does that make you feel? Does this give you any clue about the Gemini archetype? Okay, now do the same experiment with Sagittarius season. It's right now at the end, you know, towards the end of November and early December. What do you notice? How do you feel? What are you doing? Does this lend any illustration or imagery to the Sagittarius archetype for you? Okay, what'd you come up with there on that mini break? Sagittarius season, end of November, beginning of December. What's that like for you? So for me, Sagittarius season points directly to the tunnel of winter. There is no turning back. It's pointed and you're going into that season. So for me, all outside gardening activities are brought in. The heat is turned up. The fireplace is on and a bounty of cooking ensues. So it's this world of indoor activity that blooms. I usually tend to indoor activities that are creative and sensual. Um, I have a hobby of writing, of course, writing podcasts, doing journaling. Um, I do a lot of writing. I do some gift making. I do cooking. I like to do book binding. There's, there's a lot of things I do once it gets dark. And it's interesting that there's a, a pointedness, but also this creative internal world, this inside world expands as the pointedness of winter is coming on. So at this time of year, I, I don't necessarily feel outward, but I feel expansive internally and that there is some, you know, connection coming again with the holidays, but it, I feel that internal fire. So these reflections personally help me to feel some differences between the seasons and the archetypes, and it also helps me embody myself in time, in the mythology of the season, and in the astrology. So we are, again, headed towards Sagittarius season, and with Sagittarius, even though we're going into Sagittarius season, again, Gemini is its opposite, so I like to think that behind every Sagittarius archetype is the influencer undertone of Gemini principles, and behind every Gemini archetype is the undertone and principles of Sagittarius that they share and they learn from each other. There's some similarities and some differences. Gemini is mutable air, so it's an air sign. And air as an element is communal, and it has to do with dispersal and elements of humanity like rationality and logic and ideas. The symbology or the symbol of Gemini is most often the twins. So that's a, that's a human symbol, a person symbol. 
and communication, information, networking, um, sharing ideas, learning, and languages are all some keywords associated with Gemini. And Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the messenger. So by its nature, a Venus in Gemini is living in the house of Mercury. It's touched by Mercury and therefore has some more mercurial energy with it. It has some more changeability. And remember Mercury, I like as a principle um, because it takes on the hues, tones, and uh, flavors as you will, of anything that it touches. So it's changeable. It's a chameleon and it's mutable. So let's take a closer look at that Venus in Gemini. Having a Venus in Gemini means you've got an air-based Venus. Air represents the mental realm and it is invisible, untouchable. And air is generally not necessarily about actions it's more idea based about networking and sharing it's about the message it's about the exchange it's more rational and conceptual one other way that gemini and sagittarius are related besides both being mutable is that like sagittarius the gemini archetype likes and wants freedom and detachments but for gemini and the element of air it is most likely motivated by a need to stay light and resilient and versatile and not overly watered or bogged down by life or emotions. So the motivation between the Gemini and Sagittarius is a little bit different, even though a principle of freedom is shared by both of them. So what do you think some of this could mean or point towards for Venus and Gemini? The way I like to read it is that Venus is about our desires, about what we want. And this is not necessarily tied in with what we need. However, at some deep level, I think we all need to at least tend to our own desires so that we may develop the capacity to receive. To open to reception is in correlation with knowing and honoring and advocating for our own desires. If we diminish them or they've been diminished, even if we're doing this unconsciously, we are not only diminishing our desires, but we're also diminishing our willingness to stay open to receive because what's the bother, right? Why, why do it if, uh, if we, we tamp our desires down? So honoring our desires and knowing what we want and being open to receive from ourself or from others is a reciprocal process. So you've probably put a few threads together already. What do you think of Venus and Gemini desires or values? What is it love? If you or a loved one has a Venus and Gemini, it is likely that you or they value new information, freedom, and flexibility. Words in books, print, poem, or journaling. Humor or talking things out, not necessarily to go deep, but to exchange words. A Venus in Gemini does not want to be bogged down or first or, you know, forced to dwell in a box or forced to focus on something serious. In fact, novelty and lots of stimulus, lots of movability 
can satisfy this Venus's desire, especially in the mental realm. A Venus in Gemini may also value intelligence, bright folks, folks who are smart, people that are wordy or wordsmiths, are good conversationalists, or who have a way with words in some way. Wise people that stimulate questions or conversation might be a delight, especially if those people are versatile in their thoughts and in the subjects that they approach and can maybe thread in different lines or even different languages in their dialogue. How many of you are a Venus in Gemini or know a Venus in Gemini who loves to read or learn or might like to have salon-like parties where a few people gather just to have a general discussion about things? How many of you are reading three books at a time, plus the newspaper, several blogs, and listening to an audiobook all while journaling? Maybe not every day, maybe more than once a day. Whereas some folks might be dizzied by the movability of values, mentality, and information that you have with a Venus in Gemini, don't ever let that get you down. It is a gift. And also, it's really beautiful to notice differences. If you notice somebody moving quickly and jumping and, and reveling in information and who's very versatile, you might, for a moment, pause and appreciate that gift. There's something very airborne and air-based about this person or yourself. So celebrate that gift that you do have. I think that a key to a Venus in Gemini is that it is nourished in its intellectual and rational movability. That there's places, people, and situations that that freedom can be exercised and enjoyed. It is not like a Venus in Gemini necessarily values or desires tons of physical or embodied movement like exercise. So when I think of versatility in a Gemini kind of way, it's, I don't really think of a lot of aerobics classes or needing to walk several times a day, although, you know, mental energy could stimulate physical energy, but I'm, I, I think of it classically as a more rational, intellectual, or idea-based movability. A Venus in Gemini wants and values people, places, or situations where the mind can be moved, shared, exchanged in relations. And I think the key word here is exchange. So exchange is very valued or potentially very valued by a Venus in Gemini. So I think one way to sum this up is with a Venus in Gemini, it's not necessarily what is being exchanged, but it's the act of exchanging itself. And how is that for a Mercury-ruled Venus? Classic. So if you were going to gift yourself or another Venus in Gemini, what would you offer? Or what would you hope for? The first key idea I'm going to lean into is words. Words, words, words. Giving the gift of words can come in many forms. Magnetic poetry, I love that, it's fun. Poetry books, 
favorite authors, novels, newspapers, journals that can be blank or have quotes in them, crosswords. There are many ways to give the gift of words and support other wordsmiths. There are also even things that you can give that are story writing prompts where people can have prompts to write a little something each day. Depending on your Venus and Gemini, the gift of words may be best given as a gift that they can open up and do solitary, or if they're a little bit more extroverted, a ticket to a poetry reading or an author's event might be a really great gift. So get to know how your Venus in Gemini relates with words or languages and enjoy that gift. Giving the gift of learning a foreign language or a foreign language class may work for some Venuses in Gemini, just depending on uh, interests. For the next gift idea for a Venus in Gemini, whether it's yourself or someone else, I hearken back to my time spent on the speech team, a brief period of time in high school, where instead of giving a one-person-centered speech, I opted into being part of the group discussion, where we all centered ourselves around a circular table. We were given a topic, and we had to defend a viewpoint, but we had to come prepared with notes ready to have a group discussion and give supporting facts on our particular viewpoints. So not to say that you have to go to a speech event, but I really think that group discussion is a wonderful gift for yourself who has a Venus in Gemini or somebody else or a group of your friends who may all have Venuses and Gemini. Things like a book club, a a salon or um, a, a event where you gather folks around a topic or maybe even an artist. You could think about setting up a, a light social event that has a theme, but that also just inspires people to bring in other threads so that the conversation is about the exchange of information and maybe not necessarily about deep personal information. So think about that idea of fun, socialness, and levity using words and that exchange of dialogue. For this, of course, I picture finger food, spritzers, maybe cocktails, tea, and just a lot of shared conversation. And finally, centered around something I very much like, fun, versatility, and humor. So when we were in the Sagittarius episode, there was something similar that I suggested for a gift. And when I think of fun in a Sagittarius kind of way, I think of like fun and games that involve some kind of almost competitiveness, but maybe not necessarily to win, but that there's sport involved, that there might be some physicality involved in it. So Sagittarius also has a theme of fun with it. But when I think of fun in a Gemini kind of way, I think of it as like a light, humorous kind of way to work with the intellect. So I always think of things like sketch comedy or stand-up comedy. You might just lean into yourself or you know, whomever you're gifting that has a Venus in Gemini and notice what they find funny and what what really gets them laughing. Would it be funny movies? Do you think a night at improv comedy would be good? And how do you feed your wit or humor? And how can you support that being fed in someone else? Consider what makes you laugh or feel effervescent or light. 
could you think of something that sparks or invites this feeling? Again, when you think of Saturday Night Live, I like this idea that within that sketch comedy, there's very small things to digest and then it moves on to the next thing. And the same can be with improv shows or if you go to a festival of comedy where you're able to take in a little bit of a lot of different people. So in that same theme, if you have like a festival weekend where there's lots of musical acts and a variety of comedians, that might really speak to the versatility of the Venus and Gemini. So as we continue into that pointed fire time of year, this Sagittarius season that is also centered around meaning and pursuit and expansion, now that you know a little bit about the Gemini archetype, how can you bring some of that Gemini back end into Sagittarius season to help round out or go on that full spectrum of mutability? So I will see you, I will talk to you next time as we move into a different axis point. And again, happy Sagittarius season coming up. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.